Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander in Chief, guiding you through the battlefield of life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in. Hit the track. Onwards! Episode 27 of the Battlefield Show. How the fuck are you? Another week <laughs> in fucking lockdown. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I'm, um, I'm struggling, man. I'm struggling. I'm not having a very good mental health week. Um, but a wee bit fucking on the edge, you know? Um... And as always, if there is anyone who is is listening to this who is struggling with mental health, um, you know it's okay. It's okay to not be okay, you know. And uh, I I have spoken about this before in the past in previous episodes and even in in stand up shows, you know, because I'm a fucking I'm a legend. Um, but I will say this: if if you are struggling with anything, it's a I imagine it's well, it's an incredibly difficult time. Um, just now to, to reach out to anyone um, and the way that I am kind of dealing with things and I have done since being diagnosed I suppose is to say to myself and, and allow myself to write days off if you like and I won't go into it too much because we have spoken about this in the past but um, I find that's a good way to deal with it so for example this week um, I have had two pretty shit days and um, and I just accept it, 
I'm just having a bad day and I have been happy in the past or what is happy? What is happy? I have been fine in the past or better than I am feeling just now and I know that I will get back there um, at some point and I'll probably get back there soon. So I just, I just let these days go, just allow them to drift off and uh, mark them down as a fucking cunt of a couple of days. So we're in the middle of that. I don't know if it's the middle. It could just be the start. Oh my God. But we're not having a very good couple of days. Oddly, doing things like this um, lifts my spirit in a way, even though we are sitting in the studio. Yeah, Check me out talking into a camera alone. But um, I know there are many of you, at least five, who listen to this regularly. <laughs> so anyway, weird start. Hope you're well. Um, I hope you are you are doing okay. Last couple of days, man, it's it's felt as if people are kind of almost deciding themselves that things have been lifted. Um, but who knows what's going to happen, uh, and who knows when this is all going to be over. Um, big steps coming forward. Smallest number of cases I know were reported over this weekend just gone. Um, but mind you, that's the weekend, you know. So there's probably partners line deed going. Well, we'll report that on Monday, Charlie. Um. So I don't know. A new app has been invented um, that we will discuss. Uh, there are monkeys trying to steal wains uh, in other parts of the world. It's it's carnage. It's carnage. Um, but as always, I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. A few things to plug up front. Um, if you are listening to this show and you have enjoyed any of the last previous 26 episodes that are out for you to listen and you think, hey, I'd love some more of that, and I'd love some goodies from the big man, then become a patron. It's the best way to support the show and support me. Go to patreon.com forward slash big Scott Gibson. Go to the website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk or .com. Hey, we've got the .com as well. And uh, follow the links, become a patron. Every single Friday, a Patreon-only episode drops, and there's a whole load of extra stuff up there. There's... Uh, there's recordings from the show that I did with Harry Dyer last year at the Fringe. There is a, a lovely wee interview that I did with Harry Dyer. Um, there are extra podcast episodes and there's also comedy albums. There's now three comedy albums up for you. Um, you can also buy them individually from Bandcamp through my website. But if you become a patron for as little as five dollar, eh? Five dollars. Peanuts. Fuck all. You will get all these goodies for free. So, consider doing that uh, today, if you haven't already done so. Episode 27, man. We have smashed the 10,000 download barrier as well. I should have said that. I, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last episode or not, or if it escaped my, my memory, but thank you, generally, to everybody who has listened to the show, has downloaded it. I know that I very rarely mention the other podcast that I do, which is The Hashtag Show, and if you haven't listened to that, you should check out as well. Um and I know a lot of people have come over from the Hashtag Show to listen to this, and I think you'll all agree it couldn't be any different than the Hashtag Show. Um, but thank you to everybody who has listened to it and who has shared it and helped it grow. So we have just smashed over 10,000 downloads, and uh, we, are, we are on the rise, we're on the up. So let's keep the, the podcast growing. Um, this has been a bit of a mad couple of days since we last spoke anyway. Um I don't really know what to what to start talking about first. It feels as if because we've been in lockdown now for so long that it's almost becoming 
it's almost becoming the norm, you know. Um, I I stupidly is it stupidly I weighed myself the other day, right? Missy's got a new set of fancy scales that you stand on, and it basically tells you, you know, fucking how heavy your balls are, what size your wee toe is, the last time you've done a piss, right? All sorts of madness, and um, I got on the thing now. Oddly enough, as well, it makes a very strange noise when you stand on it, and it's almost as if the the scales were exhaling like. <gasps> Like as if fucking hell, because a lot of these things are tailored to. What I find with these kind of health products, a lot of them are tailored to like Instagram models, right? Those type of fuckers, right? We've all got them on our social media. Friends of ours, you know, who went through a breakup in their mid twenties, and and just lost their way in life, and then found a pure gym because it was like fucking seven pound a month to get in there. And through their unhappiness and inability to look at themselves for the problems uh, that they've created and bad choices they made, they then became a personal trainer, right? And we watched them do their videos on YouTube or Instagram, wherever they post it, and you just think, I remember you used to steal juice at the corner shop and throw eggs at motors off the Arky Bridge, and now you're telling people how to do yoga and live their life. And sometimes those people need to just be forgotten about, right? But there's a lot of products that I think are targeted to these people. In the sense of, we've all seen the new home apparatus. There's a fucking word with no sitting oil. Apparatus. Gym stuff that you can do at home. Whereas people, it's basically just rubber bands, man. It's like tension bands, right? And there's people doing fucking squats and press-ups and all sorts. It's just, it's just trying to get you to to buy some a quick fix, right, is probably the thing. You think, if I'll buy that, I'll use it a few times, you know, it's going to make me fucking ripped, I'm going to have a six-pack because the guy in the adverts got a six-pack, and that's not the way life works, you know? That's not the way life works. If these adverts were true, I don't forget it, when we used to go and do boxing training, here's the thing as well, I've never really been interested in a six-pack, right? I've always, the, the I suppose, maybe men don't talk about it enough, but, Women will openly say, you know, that's a beautiful woman or I wish I had her body or whatever. But guys will, we still do it. We will look at other guys and you may think to yourself, God, I wish I had a body like that. But we won't say it openly. It's nothing wrong with it. It's no gay. Yeah, it's no gay. I know that now the thing is like six packs and ripped and all that, but that was never my, that was never my thing. That was never my thing. I never, I never once ever in my whole life have thought I want a six pack. I used to watch World's Strongest Man when I was younger. And even now I still watch it. And just amazed by these guys. Amazed by them. You know? I can vividly remember... I can't can't remember the guy's name. But I think... I want to say he was like... Scandinavian. Blonde hair. Just a fucking absolute machine of a man, right? But again, to look at him... He just looked like a big fat bastard. Right? That's all they look, they just look like big, the, the proper strong men just look like big fat bastards, right? And, and I remember watching this guy, and, and it, was, it was in South Africa, and he basically just picked up a bit of rope, and then just pulled the, the, a, a train carriage, as if, as if it was nothing. You know, as if he's like, as if he's pulling... The fucking ties after his his bird's dressing gown. 
Just pulling the belt. Give me that fucking give me it. Pulling a full train carriage towards him. And I can remember then thinking, fuck me, I wish I I wish I could do that. I, I I've never I've never wanted to like pull off a top and people go, Oh my god, you, you would just love to be able to pull a train carriage. I worked with a guy in macro, right? Remember macro? Fuck me. No, it's a bloody macro was out near Glasgow Airport, right out towards Renfrew, where I grew up. And it's a cash and carry, right? But um unlike Costco, I think Costco's a bit more militant now. Macro in the day used to be, you know, any fucker could get a card, right? It started off like every other cash and carry going, you've got to be self employed or run your own business and then people would come up and be like, Eh, I once got off a hairdresser. Welcome to Macro, and they didn't care, right? And he was in charge of food and drink. Um, I can't. I want to say like BFD or something was the name of the department. And he's he's in charge of food and drink, right? And I worked on the tills, and I was young. I was maybe seventeen. I want to say maybe even sixteen. Um, first proper job at a high school. Uh, well, I was still in high school. I remember getting it because I was saving up. To go on holiday, so I must have been younger. I must have been, I must have been sixteen. In fact, I must have been fifteen because I first went on holiday when I was sixteen. So I must have been fifteen. <whistles> anyway, first proper job. I'm lying. First proper job was Burger King, which I lasted one shift because I saw what they do to burgers for people who are cheeky. Uh, basically, dip them in the malt bucket. They cook them, dip them in the malt bucket, and then put them back in the grill again. Right. Oh, so, chucked that, got a job macro, and um, the guy who was one of the bosses found out that I played rugby. He was a massive rugby fan, um, and whenever he could, would basically take me into his department. Oh, hello! Take me into his department and let me work there, right? And it was it was good to get off the fucking tills, and you got to kick about one in the big warehouse bit and drive a cart and fucking you know just have a bit of a chat with an older guy, right? And when you were young and you were in here, was he grooming me? No. But it was, anyway, it was nice. It was a break from the norm, right? And uh, we used to always fight over that. that. Nobody wanted to be in the tills. You wanted to be on the door checking stuff, right? Because people would come out to leave Macro at the end and they'd have to give you the receipt and you'd stand at the door and you'd bar, uh 14 cheese slices. 65 cans of San Pellegrino. Uh, actually, mate, I didn't go. Sometimes my, my wee ma would come through, you know, and you'd fucking scan her at the tills. One for you, one for them, one for you, one for them, and then fucking sing it yourself. Like, oh, fuck the system more. But, so you'd fight over the door, because nobody wanted to be in a till. Because you just have to stand. There was no seats there, stand at a till. And it was off. Country turn out of big flatbeds, you know, so you're all fucking buzzing about. And, so you'd fight over the door. Easy shift, or you'd fight over the the fag counter. Uh, I beg your pardon, the cigarette kiosk, because again, oddly, not many people are coming out to buy fags, um, and if they did, they're buying fucking heavy bulk, and it was just a quick, and then you'd be off, so you could sit and read a book or fuck about in there, right? So there was there the departments. Anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? Right, so he took me in there, and I worked for a wee bit, and. One of the stories he told me, because I always remember his wife coming in once. Because she she was pregnant 
because remember they had the baby when I was there because we saw the baby the baby was a fucking tank man um, and I remember she came in and she was a beautiful woman now he wasn't exactly he wasn't an ugly guy right but let's just say he he was uh, he was he was an ugly guy right he was an ugly guy but a young a young gibble gave me hope good bad banter right and a uh, big guy and I thought fuck me he's my role model anyway told me the story of the date that they went on and this is when she just fucking creamed her knickers and thought he's the man for me, right? And this is what got me into thinking. We're talking about health and fitness. This is what got me into thinking, you might be a fucking machine, right? So, going for a date. She's driving. Uh, that's fine. Why did I stop there? She's driving a the car. They're looking for a space. They've got the cinema, right? So, I imagine that's probably a second date. Cinema's not a first date when you're older. You know Anyway. Pulling in the car, she goes to get in a space, uh, the space is a bit tight, and it's a wee mini, a wee mini metro, right? A wee old-fashioned mini. It's part, now, this is years ago. I would say this is probably late 80s, maybe early 90s, right? And the mini is maybe just slightly to the edge of the parking space, so she can't quite get in. And instead of driving on, because the car park's busy, right? Maybe it's a Saturday night, you know, a lot of people at the cinema, eh? He says, it's all right, I'll sort it. Gets out of the car and she's like, where are you going, Franco? Obviously his name's not Franco. And he went in and he just bumped the Mini over. He stood at the back, he just picked it up and then walked it a wee bit. Walked it a wee bit. Went round the front, picked it up and walked it a wee bit. And he's maybe moved it about a foot and then she just drove in. Now, can you imagine? I mean... I'd have pumped him, you know? If I'm sitting in the motor <laughs> with a mate of mine and he gets out and just bumps the car over, as soon as he get back in, I'd be like, get the helmet out, son. I mean, you can have all the chat and charm you want. Moving a fucking car. Eat. I can only imagine the monologue that's going through it. She's probably sitting going, oh, what is he fucking like? He thinks... He thinks he's going to move a car. Oh, Sandra, why do you always pick these? Fun- he's he's fucking he's moving the car. He's moving the car. He's moving the fucking car. Bump, bump, bump. Round the front. Bump, bump, bump. And you go here. That's the game. Straight at you. Left hand down. That's the game, man. That's her. That's she's in. That's whoa. There you go. There's a tight one. Moving a fucking car. And you tell me there's there's women out there that go, I just really want a man with a six pack in that wee V. No, you don't, ladies. You want a man that eats 400 boiled eggs a day. <laughs> 400 boiled eggs, 60 chicken fillets, and can lift a fucking car. That's the man you want. How did I go and talk about this? The scales. So, I do think these scales are designed for people who are like maybe seven stone and they think they're heavy you know i'm like oh my god are we seven stone i'm a fucking pig so when you're all dag on these scales the scales kind of went oh my god so they were pushed to the limits but it's uh it's the heaviest i've ever been in my life and i know it's because of lockdown i know it's because i am 
I mean, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm depressed, but I've been battling depression for years, right? But I, I have been having a couple of kind of ups and downs since the whole lockdown thing. Obviously, right? I've, I've had my whole fucking diary wiped out for God's sake. You know, I've had the whole, the way in which I earn my money has been taken away, and 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 without getting into too much, I am worrying about what the future is going to look like regarding my industry. You know, so I've been eating my feelings, is what I'm trying to say. This is how bad it's getting, right? When there was a bag of chocolate-covered pretzels. Oh, my fucking days. Whoever covered pretzels in chocolate, give that man a knighthood. Get that. These are the people I want to see in the New Year's Honours list, right? I'm not, I, don't, I, I am done caring about the... This is uh, William Fitzgerald, 71 years of age, and he raised £5,000, and we're going to make him a... Or fucking the captain! Uh, what about the captain? Hey, fucking captain, come on here! <laughs> captain Tom Moore. I really want to sing with Michael Ball. <laughs> Did you see his 100th birthday? Now, he's 100, right? Fair enough. Here's the thing that maybe you don't want to hear. We're all going to live to 100. Right? The way science is, technology... Health, okay? We're all living to 100. So see this idea of, oh, mate, I'm for the fucking west coast of Scotland. I'll be lucky to see 40. You are going to live to 100 years of age, right? That's going to be us, like a fucking prune with a 14-inch neck, nine layers on, 35-degree heat, still fucking layered up in a chair. That's your future, you know? So he gets to a hunter, gets the flyover, the Spitfire. I've seen those flames twice in my life. Once flown in anger, and today flown with love. God save the Queen. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Obviously, I love what he's done. I love the money that he's raised. Has he raised the money? I mean, technically, he walked and people sent the money in. I don't know. But I'm just saying, well, I remember love back in the war. I used to go out in the morning and I'd say to myself, Tom, today we're going to kill 14 fucking Nazis. And I wouldn't come back to camp until I killed 14 fucking Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) This is the... When you start speaking to old people, see when you hit 70, I would say, 70 today, like today's 70, I don't mean think about your grandparents when they're 70, because time was different then, you're probably talking mid-30s back then, what I mean is, if you talk to someone who's 70 now, right, it is a roll of the dice how much racism you're going to get from them, right, it's just a roll of the dice. So I am impressed that Captain Lieutenant Colonel Commander, um, the bold Tom, has managed to keep a lid on as much as he has, because he's probably seen some horror. We used to go out into the trenches, love, you'd hear the screams at night, you know, and you'd be like, the fucking German bastards. <laughs> what we do is we sit quietly in a trench 
and we'd wait for them to come over the hill, you know, and then we'd say, steady, now, and when they come up and you're face to face with a Nazi, love, you fucking cut his face. Oh, I used to like to terrorise them. I capture them, wouldn't kill them. Yeah, if there was five, say we caught five German bastards, we'd kill four of them, and the last one would fucking scare the shit out, and then we'd make them fight a dog. <laughs> we'd make them fight a dog, love, and then, and and sometimes the Germans won because they're big fuckers, and then and then we shot them. So Captain Tom Miller, absolutely fantastic, live from the BBC. The worrying thing about that is that the amount of people who... We've got a fucking rainbow on the windy. The missus is drawing a fucking a rainbow. Huh? Fancy. Artistic. Graphic designer. Sign writer as well. Beautiful rainbow. She's like, what do you think of the rainbow? I went, it needs clouds. It needs clouds to set it off. To make it look good, she put wee clouds on it, it looks banging. She's like, do you think you're the creative director? And I went, that's exactly what I am. I'm the creative director of this house. You know? <laughs> Fucking rainbows. What I was saying, is, oh, it's a good coffee, man. What I was saying is the worrying thing about this whole situation is that raising money for the NHS is now going to become part of the norm, it's now going to become something that we just consider as a, as a normal thing, like something we should be doing. You know? The, the amount of people that I have seen who are raising money for the NHS or doing things for charity to get money for the NHS is, is unbelievable. And they, they should be congratulated on what they're doing. My missus, this, uh, I think she started doing it last week, an amazing, uh, amazing, an amazing charity, Tiny Changes, set up after the Tragic death of, of uh, Scott from Frightened Rabbits. An incredible charity doing amazing work with young people in mental health. She has been selling her artwork on her, on her website to raise money for that. And she's done incredible so far, man. The number of sales she's got is unbelievable. But this is all now becoming normalised in, in her mind that raising money for the NHS is it is a thing that we should be doing and, it, and it's not that at all and I'm not please don't confuse us I'm not saying it's not an incredible thing that he's done but we shouldn't be doing it in the first place yes we should be raising money for charities when and where you can you should never feel pressurised to give to a charity you should never feel pressurised to do something that you don't want to do and we should never feel as th as though giving money to the NHS is something that we should have to do. Because we shouldn't. We should be making people responsible for... See, this is all getting political now, man. Fuck the Tories! What I'm trying to say is we need to be careful that this doesn't become part of normal life. You know? Where we look for people to set up some kind of funding so that we can provide for the NHS. And please don't listen to what I'm saying and think that I do not value the NHS. I love the NHS. The NHS saved my life. I think that 
doctors, nurses should be paid more. I think that their working conditions should be improved. I think the NHS should be better funded, but it should be funded through correct channels of government. And I think more people need to start thinking about the current situation we're in, thinking about things that are happening within this lockdown. And although you don't want to do it, start to think about how that affects your political decisions. That's what I'm saying in that, man. <laughs> how, how, this is a, how does my mind, I also keep looking over there as if there's somebody sitting there, I'm fucking, I'm here myself, I'm here myself. How do you start talking about, I was, scales, I'm not even finished talking about scales, so I got on, I weighed myself, and uh, we're massive, man, we're fucking giant, right, heavier than we've ever been, you know, your old dad's a fucking, a tank, a machine, and, um, Oh, when I looked at the wee app, so it breaks in a whole lot of different areas. Everything's red. Everything's red. Half the scales. Now, the, the, the thing that I don't get too worked up about is is, uh, is weight in general because it is just a number, right? And everyone is different. Now, you could be someone who is 10 stone and you could be the unhealthiest person on the planet. Your fucking guts could be like a bag of sand, man, right, you're riddled, they cut you open, it's fucking, it's slurry that pours out your body, right, and you could be someone who is maybe 16 stone, and you could be a picture of health, okay, now, I'm not going to sit here and say someone of my size, 20 stone plus, is a healthy person, because I am not healthy at all, I know that, right, I can't imagine the fucking strain that the old ticker is under, okay, but I'm a big fucking unit. I always have been a big unit. Right? Broad shoulders, man. 50, what, 8 inch chest? I'm a big unit. Right? And even from when I was younger, I remember going and being weighed once at a doctor's, and the doctor being in fucking panic, you know? And like, the word, when I was really young, the word obese. It never existed, right? You were just you were just fat. You were fat, thin, or skinny. There there were your three, right? Is he fat? Oh, he's fat. What about him? He's probably skinny. Well, I think maybe thin. That was that was the three options you had. Then suddenly you could become obese. And then after a few years, morbidly obese, you're like, Jesus Christ, he's morbid. What is morbidly obese? You're so fat, you're unhappy. Maybe that's what it is, right? So then all, all, all of this kind of ranking came in and I remember vividly being in the doctors and being told to look at a chart and being shown where my weight stood by my height, right? And the doctor telling me that I was dangerously, my weight was dangerously high and I was categorised as obese. Now this is when I was playing rugby, um, playing rugby once a week, training four nights a week. I had... I was playing with uh, what then was Old Strathclyde District. I had a Scotland trial. I was a healthy boy. No, I was I was big. Right? I was maybe carrying a bit, a bit of fat, but I was a big boy and I was healthy, man. Right? You're talking. I remember the other day thinking at game and I weighed myself. Thinking back to when I played rugby at the at the peak. You're talking. You're doing forty minutes. You could go a, a half. A full contact, full speed rugby. And no break a sweat. Like, not break a sweat. Because you were that fit. 
and I've got this arsehole telling me that I'm dangerously high my weight and I can remember it'll stay with me forever I remember him saying to me I said to him sorry how heavy should I be for my height so as a chart goes by like age height weight and it's like fucking and it gives you the chart right now obviously this is like world figures they take all the numbers and they give them an average right and it's probably i mean if they include someone like fucking the sudan or parts of ethiopia they're gonna fuck up the figures right because i can't say that are five foot ten and weigh three pound right so it's fucking up the numbers okay but i always remember him saying to me for my height 511 um a boy here half six foot 511 and three quarters we'll call it six saying to me i should be 11 stone or 11 and a half stone that was the give. 11 and a half stone. You could cut my arms, legs, and cock off, and I still would not weigh 11 and a half stone, even then. Let alone now. If I was 11 and a half stone, I'd be in the ground. And this is this is a thing that has always annoyed me about health and fitness, and especially now when we are being bombarded with it. Spoke to a friend the other day, and he's going, mate, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm a pig, mate, I'm a fucking pig. I'm going, you know, most of us, I imagine, have put on a bit of weight during lockdown, right? Think about the fucking situation we're in, but we're conscious of it, right? Your, your weight is no important. It's how you feel, it's how you feel on the inside, you know? And I know what I need to get done, I know I want to try and shift a good chunk of weight. Ideally, I want to get down to about 120 kilos. That's what I want to get down to. And right now, we're probably sitting, we're going to need to lose about 20 kilos. Right? So we're, we're a heavy boy, man. We're a big unit. But it's doable, you know? And a lot of this, health-wise, especially when it comes to weight, it starts in the kitchen, you know? It starts in the kitchen. Always remember Big Bernie telling me that. It starts in the kitchen. You can you can train as much and as often as you want, but if you don't look at what you've put in your body, the fuel you give yourself, nothing's going to change. And I think that that concept of nutrition, did it didn't exist when I was young. It's not even that it wasn't spoken about. It didn't exist when I was growing up. Right, we would do a three-hour training session, crawl off that fucking pitch, and then you'd go and eat a chippy and a pizza. You know, because your mother thought you're a big grown boy, you need a dinner. Nutrition did not exist when I was growing up. But now we understand it, now we know more about it. And you just need to think more about what, what you're putting in, what the fuel you're getting yourselves. Again, I don't even know how I'm going to talk about this, but it's, it's the fucking scales, so... This week, getting back on the water, definitely need to do the 10,000 steps a day. That's been a big thing in my head because I take the tour manager out four times a day. You're thinking, right, you're doing your steps. You're no. Um, so I need to make sure I get the steps in. And just be aware of it. Be conscious. Make make different decisions. You know, I'm not going to stop boozing. That isn't going to happen. So maybe need to think little things, little give and takes, you know, little give and takes, 
I watched a, a video on YouTube the other day about a guy who kind of, when he's transformed his life, you know, one of the ones like standing with a big fucking pair of trousers going, look at, look at the size of my belly, one of the cunts, right? And his thing, the only thing that I took away from it was talking about like cheat days and, and cheat meals and how you, how the psychology of that in your head, it's simply by calling it a cheat day how that can, can damage you and how the, how your your body reacts to that. And and he was talking about on the days when he... So he calls it relaxing his diet, right? And I thought, that's fucking quite clever, mate. That's, that's, that's using up there for that one. So it's not a cheat day, it's relaxing his diet. He would plan out his relaxed diet day. And by that, I mean a week in advance, right? So basically... After the day, each week, he would, he would plan his meals for the week, right? And what he's doing, he's prepping his workouts. And he knows the day that he's going to relax his diet. And he knows what he's going to have. For example, he's going to have pancakes for breakfast. He's going to have, you know, he might skip lunch. And then he's going to have a, a pizza at night, right? A pizza and chips and a couple of cans of Coke or cider. or what. But he knows exactly what he's going to have on that day, Right? And what that does is that allows him to prepare his body for the week. So he may add in an extra walk, you know, or he may add in an extra weight session, or he may go swimming an extra time. That that kind of thing to allow himself those days when he goes crazy. And he's not going crazy in the sense of we're, we're like, eat what the fuck you want. It's it. it it is a relaxed diet, but it's planned. And I think if I can get that into my head, it's going to be a lot easier to shift away. I know my biggest thing is sugar, man. I know that, right? I drink a lot of coffee. I have far too much sugar in my coffee. I don't have that much sugar in my coffee, but over the course of the day, it's a lot of sugar, fizzy juice, everything needs to cut down. Heavy on the water. We're going to have to eat some vegetables, man. Fucking hell. But we're going to get there, man. We'll get through it. I've seen a, a lot of adverts recently for, I don't know what you describe it, I want to call it a key, but it's not really a key. Um, I wonder if COVID-19, this kind of new mutation of uh, the flu, if this is going to become a normal part of life. So what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot more of this type of thing happening every year with a different virus or a different strand of virus and it's just something we have to grow and live with eventually i imagine the human race will evolve to either combat these things or maybe we evolve physically and i'm thinking do we evolve to the point where we don't have hands anymore so this thing i'm sure you've all seen it looks like a key and the advert is like opening door with a wee hook you know and then fucking then keypads Basically, so you don't have to touch anything in the outside world, right? Because people are disgusting. Again, I can't help but think everything that's happening now with people getting the virus and whatnot, is it because we are raising children to be soft cunts? Is that what it is? And I know that some people exaggerate things. See, when I was young, we used to get... And our playground was covered in glass and needles. 
and we'd put fucking dug shit in our eyeballs and we'd eat worms and cover ourselves. It's not that extreme. But you, you would be dirty. You know, you'd get minging, you're away in, right? You'd roll about and shit. I remember once playing at my mum's palaces with, with our son, right? Not that. And we, we were in a fucking kind of garage stroke barn. And we were just throwing soil at each other. Fun big bags of soil. We're having a fucking barney, right? Covered head to toe. And then we found out it was cement. Cement. You know? And my mother, being the, the, the wonderful mother she is, told us we were all going to turn into statues. <laughs> we're going to die. And we started crying. The three is me and my brother and the woman's son started crying. Because our children, we thought we were dead. We knew we got to become statues. And she allowed us to believe us. You know? And then they washed us off. They hosed us down. And we still won this year. We're panicking all night. But that's what you did to Wayne's Bank today. Terrorised them. Psychologically. And that turned out alright. So is it now that because children are being raised so clean and sterile? You know? That the human race is fucked. Nobody's got a strong enough immune system to battle these things off. I don't know. Maybe in the future we're not gonna need hands, we'll just have like a kinda a kinda like a stick, chopsticks and a hook, you know? Eating and fucking doors and shit. Who knows, man? Who knows half the stuff people try and sell you? If it's if it's useful or if it's no. The world's gone mad. I'm sure by now most of you will have seen the video of the monkey trying to steal a baby. Um, shocking. First time I saw it. Absolutely shocking. A um, couple of things went through my mind when I first saw it. Um, first of all, what? And secondly, what? No, the monkey's on a bike. There, there's the first question. Um, why? And by the looks of it, I'm going to say India. I'm going to take a punt, India. Um, because, a couple of reasons. They look Indian. And two, uh, it just feels as though that's where that kind of thing will happen. I know from people who have been to India that there are there are places where monkeys just fucking run wild. The missus was out there. She was telling me about a, a, a village or a town, a, a shanty place. Who knows? Are there really towns? It's just a place where people gather. And uh, the monkeys would come down to the market and just fucking rob, just rob, market, just rob the place. Cunts are standing fucking trying to guard their, their apples, you know. We you selling me? Uh, apples, big man, just fucking have a look around. Uh, it's apples, you know, they're all the same. Uh, six for a pound. You're looking nothing at them. It's the monkeys, mate. I'm fucking just, I need to guard this for the monkeys. And the guy's like, can I, can I inquire about this apple? They're, they're apples, you cunt. Just fucking, just buy six and fuck off. He goes over going, yes, sir, what apple would you like? Monkey's in fucking apple, 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 fuck off, right? And he's like, yeah, can't you? Carnage. So it looks like India. Monkey's on a bike, which, hey, and with everything that we've seen in the world now, that's maybe not the most shocking thing, right? But the monkey kind of crashes the bike. Uh, looks deliberate, if you're asking me. It's like when you, you know, when you're driving, you've seen the videos 
And uh, like you know, the the Roman Egyptians just crash it in the back of folk, and then they go, "Oh, I'm dying!" Right? Or the videos in China where some guys parked and somebody launched herself in front of a, a, a bus, and then claims they did that kind of thing. Right? The monkey just crashes the bike, um, which looked planned, and then fucking grabs a wing. No, why the toddler is uh, there unattended? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the baby. I don't know if it is a baby or a small person. It might be, you know, these Indian folk. They've got like the long horns, and uh, they can't. Well, we arm, eh? He's like held his arm up like that for fucking fifty years, and now it's just like a twig. And uh, currents come round him like, "Hear me, tell his wisdom." And he's like, "Fucking, don't do this with your horn. Maybe she's like a wee. Maybe she's one of them. You know, a wee, a wee, a wee person." A wee Indian fucking here. I'm the I'm the bird that the monkey stole. I don't know. Anyway, so the monkey grabs her. And then it looks as if the monkey's getting, the monkey's dragging her off. But if you look closely, the monkey's on a leash, you know, around his neck. Bastards! And obviously the, the monkey handler is trying to drag him back like a like a strong man pulling a carriage. Eh? Call back. And the monkey's like, I've got a way in your cunt. So he's dragging, it's, it's, it's chaos. It's chaos. Why an adult doesn't step in, I don't know. But then it's India. And, you know, fucking, hey. That's probably not even the the top ten of mad things they saw on that street that day, right? The only thing that I've enjoyed about India was Sue Perkins. Remember when the uh, Bake Off get binned for the BBC and it went to Channel Four, and they're like, "We're paying Perkins fucking millions. We need to find her something today." And they sent her to India, and she thought it would be all lovely and wonderful, as most people who go to India think it will be. And then she was crying in the street as a man took a shit next to her. And I just thought, this is the greatest television I've ever seen in my fucking life. So, if you've not seen the video, you need to watch it. Because it's one of those things you watch and then you go, right, I have a lot of questions. But the upsetting thing is, the person who showed you is not going to be able to answer those questions. You know? What's happened to monkeys, man? Huh? What's happened to fucking monkeys? What about, remember good old-fashioned movies like Clyde? What was that, the big orangutan fucker? You know, he was a bloody detective, for God's sake. It seems to be the smaller the monkey, the more cunt-like the monkey is. Now, you may be going to throw out King Kong at me, right? And I'm going to say, hey, excluding him, right? I think Kong was just misunderstood, plus he's no real. But the smaller the monkey, the more cunty the monkey is. I think the bigger the monkey, the like, hey, I'm a monkey, nobody's going to fuck with me, because we've seen Attenborough, you know, and I'd, I'll drag you into the fucking bushes like Gorilla in the Mist, or I'll slosh your way in a bit of swimming pool, right? The, the fucking, who would they, again, what was his name? I don't know. I can't remember because this is what the world was like. Nobody actually gives a fuck about anything. The monkey, that they fucking they shot him eh, in the park, you know, and everybody was like fucking justice for Stevo. What was the fucking monkey's name? I don't know. I'm going to have to Google it now. Talk amongst yourselves. Monkey shot justice. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what. 
Harmaby. That was a cunt. Harambe. H-A-R-A-M-B-E. Harambe. May 18th, 2016, a three-year-old boy climbed into a grill enclosure at Cincinnati Zoo in the Botanical Gardens and was grabbed and dragged by Harambe, a 17-year-old Western Lowland gorilla. That was the one that was getting sloshed in the water and they shot the cunt. Huh? And everybody's out fucking justice for Harambe. Yes, we Harambe. You know? Big gorilla, big monkey, just being a monkey, right? Going, hey, don't come near me. I'll not come near you. Wayne falls in, he's like, fucking slosh. Shot the cunt. You right? So I'm just saying, smaller the monkey, the more cuntier the monkey. You know, we've all we've all seen videos, so you may have experienced yourself in a safari park. And like, do you want to drive through the monkey enclosure? No, I don't. Well, tough luck because it's a one-way system. You know? And you're like, where's the monkeys? And then all of a sudden, like a fucking pack of wolves, rats, leaving a ship, they emerge for the trees, the undergrowth. You know, and they're on the motor in front of you. You think it's hilarious. And they're like, what the fuck is that poor bastard, eh? He's driving a berlingo. He deserves what he gets. And they're ripping side mirrors off and fucking smashing their balls on the windscreen. <laughs> Rubbing his wee monkey nuts. All over your windscreen, you know, and the dad's like, fucking don't film this, for fuck's sake. Your mom's going, get it uploaded to Harry Hill. £250 off it, I'll pay the excess. You know, and you're on the motor behind you going, oh, fucking look at the monkeys, man, that's brilliant. And then you drive forward, and the fucking cunt's monkey balls are there. You're windscreen, you're like, get the fuck, you cunt, you're squirting them. It's just making them angry. And he takes a shot in your bonnet. Smaller the monkey, the more cuntier the monkey is, is what I, is what I would say. But, uh, what, what evidence to have on that? None. What evidence do you have? None. You know? I was talking about Attenborough a minute ago. Look at him. Remember that programme? Eh? They fucking broke the cunt's fingers and raped him. The monkey. No Attenborough. <laughs> Fuck me. Remember? Pure attacked that monkey. You're going, fucking monkeys are cunts. Yeah, they're cunts. So this one, try to steal a Wayne. You know? Some fu- unless, wait a minute, unless fucking, you know, this is some kind of pedo thing we've got going here. Maybe, maybe we're, we're being distracted by the monkey. You know? Maybe we're, we're looking at this going, it's a bit of animal on toddler attack. And we're laughing because he's on a motorbike. Maybe we're thinking, hold on a minute here. Epstein's Island's been shut down. The cunt fucking killed his cell in the jail. Or didn't he kill himself? Maybe this is how the Illuminati, the fucking... The lizard people are now running the, the paedophile rings, you know? Maybe they went down the road of, let's get a millionaire New York banker to fucking set up a sex island. And now maybe they've went, hey, let's get a squad of monkeys on motorbikes and just send them out into the streets. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, I tell you that. So if I if I was if I was a father of a child, if I had a young, attractive child, um, you know, I I would be I would watch I would watch myself. If you're out in your in your government sanctioned walk exercise ever and you hear ee, 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 
And you're like, is that somebody cutting a hedge with a tiny strimmer? You're like, no, it's the fucking monkey pedo gangs. <laughs> Six chimps. <clears throat> Come over the hill. You know, distract you. It's fucking the monkey in a bike. Next minute, bish, bash, bosh. He's broke your fingers. Fucking punching the chops. And your, your toddler's getting dragged off. To be trafficked by the monkey pedo gangs. Shocking. Shocking turn of events. But watch the video. It's a fucking laugh. I'm sure I had a question about um monkeys. Let's let's actually look at some questions just now. Um the golf badger on on Twitter, the Badgerino. What a name. Um Asking about the monkey gangs. Uh, monkey gangs are roaming the streets of Asia. Uh, what animals should be tooled up to form a gang to then take over the streets here? Ah! Um, if we're going to pick an animal to run the streets of uh, Scotland and the UK, uh, there can be only one. And it is, of course, the, the grey squirrel. Um, an animal that already... Um, is feared by most uh, on the main streets, uh, and and one which is which is common can be found in every every street in the land. Will be home to a grey squirrel. Now, I think they've got the 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 makings of excellent gang leaders, um, small enough in that they can penetrate the the slightest of cracks. Strong squirrels are strong. Carry four times their own body weight. Um, I've just made that up. Um, cute as well, uh, big thing, cuteness, um, because you want to lure people in before they fucking, <laughs> uh, get you a nice pick in the neck, so I'm going to say grey squirrel, mate, um, I, uh, in, a, in an old flat that I lived in, uh, I was two floors up, uh, in fact, I was three floors up, and out of the bay window to the right hand side was a, was a tree that grew up the side of the house, big massive tree. And I'm sure I've said this before. One day I looked out um, and there were squirrels on the same eye level with me out the bay window. And I thought, fuck me, they're squirrels. That's cool. And I would sit and watch them, these three wee squirrels. And they were great. And uh, one day, sitting on the sofa, I looked out the bay window, saw the squirrels. And then I saw something which uh, caught my eye. And I went over and the squirrels, uh, they, were, they were round and kind of horseshoe shaped. And they had a double decker. Uh, the sweet, the sweetie, a double decker. Now, story goes uh, that the local shop um, was being terrorised by squirrels. Um, they would they would steal scraps off the floor as squirrels do: uh, nuts, seeds, raisins, uh, chippies, fags, anything they can find on the streets of Glasgow. Uh, the squirrels would steal and either eat or trade for heroin or sexual favours. Um, but the rumours had it that the squirrels um, had unionised and found that the the source of the scraps was indeed coming from the corner shop. So they've decided to cut out the middleman. Why wait for someone like myself to throw away a wrapper um, or an unsmoked cigarette and then pounce on the scrap when they can just go straight to the source and they can steal from the shop? So, story was that the uh, squirrels were 
uh, on on the warmer days when the uh, shopkeeper would have the door open ajar, if you will, to have a, a, a cool breeze coming in from the street. Squirrels would make a move, gather up what they could, and then make a run for it, you know, and the shopkeeper would be out with a bat, and the squirrel would be like, don't fucking move, you cunt, I'll make your wife a widow, and he's like, I don't want any trouble, and the squirrels are off. So, on this day I looked to it, and they had, a, they had a double-decker, they had lifted, scurried up the, the tree trunk, with a fucking double-decker, couldn't believe it, could not believe it, and I sat and watched them devour it, they opened it, and, uh, I think they were shocked. I didn't. I don't think they they knew what to expect when they unwrapped the double decker, and uh, they sat there with its brown chocolatey goodness, and then they 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 set about it. And uh, to this day, I have feared squirrels. <laughs> squirrels, mate. It's got to be. It's got to be the grey squirrel. Yeah, the fucking animals, man. Nutters, nutters, grey squirrels. Good question. Good question, Badgerino. Right, let's go to the Patreon page. Um, we've got some questions from Patreon. Um, as always, if you're not a patron, right, have a fucking word with yourself. You know? If you listen to this show and you think, hey, I enjoy a bit of chat for the big man, you know, kind of goes off in mad tangents. I don't know what he's going to say. He doesn't know what he's going to say. It's fun. I like it. It's a podcast. I want to support grassroots comedy and fucking comedians then become a patron for as little as five dollars. What's that? Three quid? Three quid a month, man. It's a coffee. It's not even a pint. It's a half pint. Three quid a month. Sign up to Patreon. You will get an extra episode every single week. You'll get video episodes. You'll get interviews I'm doing. You get access to comedy albums. You get all sorts of fucking goodies. So, sign up to Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash big Scott Gibson or go to my website scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk and you can follow the links there. But become a patron today. Today. Right. Uh, Douglas Anderson, who is a fucking fully fledged member of the Battlefield Army, has asked on Patreon, Patron, how quick would society fall apart if the internet just stopped? One hour! One hour, Doogie. If it was official, mate. If the whole internet went down across the world, right, everything, gone, and they they came on the BBC News or Sky News or fucking Al Jazeera, whoever, whatever news channel you use, RT, and they went, listen up, cunts, this is not a drill. The internet's down, it's no coming back on. Within an hour... Cars would be in fire, shop windows be getting put in, riots in the street. Can you imagine for a minute how brutal this lockdown would be if you never had the internet, man? Oh my fucking god! Now I believe it's a human right to have the internet, a human right, and it should be free for free. We should all get in the net for fuck all. But do you think if it goes down, there's been times during this lockdown where the internet's not worked and it's gone slow. It's gone. It's only gone slow, you know? And even I've been sitting here trying to watch something going, yeah, I swear to God, I'll fucking murder a cunt. Can you imagine if it went off? Imagine. Imagine actually having to spend a month, a full month, 
30 days, 3 zero, 30 days with your, with your family. And I went, no internet. Oh. No Netflix. Oh my God. None. Disney Plus. I get it. Amazon Prime. No chance. You know. Can't even go on Facebook to fucking talk to your pal. No way. Instagram. No. Nothing. I get it. 30 days with the internet. Jesus Christ, man. It's not, it doesn't even bear thinking about it, do you? It doesn't even bear thinking about me. Now, there's people out there who will claim that society would be better off without the internet. And I would probably argue they're right. They're right, but we've gone too far, mate. We've gone too far. We can't turn back. I cannot imagine how fucking shit lockdown would be if we never had the internet. It, it annoys me how shit our internet is. Uh, I, I watched a thing, it was in Korea. Korea! South Korea. Uh, talking about the, the gaming industry over there. And these uh, games cafes that they have. And the, um, the the crowds and the volume of people who are going out to watch these game championships. People play computer, right? Fucking watching cunts play the computer. Where's the world company? And it's talking about how fast the internet is in, in South Korea and in Japan. Japan. And it's all about infrastructure and the way that it's designed and the way it's built and why it just wouldn't work in the UK. And it probably wouldn't work over here because, uh, you know, too many people want to make millions of pounds. And it's all financial, political. But even now I get angry when I think, fuck, you're telling me I can't fucking, I can't upload something and download something and she's downloading something and I'm watching that and streaming this. Well, fuck. So the thought of no having it let me is I mean it doesn't even bear thinking about it. Disney bear thinking about. But Douglas, thank you for your question. Thank you for your question. I think realistically we could probably survive a couple of days. More than a week, cunts would kick off, man. Fucking kick off. Stephen Barton, uh again on the Patreon, another fully fledged member of the Battlefield Army. Um Stephen has asked barbecue season is almost upon us. Oh, it's cancelled this year. Um, imagine, if you will, lockdown is over. The sun is shining, uh, as it is this very day. You're invited to a monster barbecue at a millionaire pal's house, Malokali. What What are you piling high on that plate? Um, I am a barbecue connoisseur. I imagine, uh, Stephen, from your name, uh, you're a man. Um, you've got to be careful. Gender's fluid. There, there is something, I was going to say medieval, but it goes back even further than that. It's it's caveman, you know, it's fire. It's, it's in our DNA as men, right? Hunter-gatherer, provider, okay? It's just, it's just in your coding. You can't escape it, right? You can't escape it. You could be... The most placid, calm, you know, no, nice, wee guy there is. But when it comes to a barbecue, you know, the man inside you just, it's like, you can hear the drums, fire. There's something about a barbecue, man, that just feels, you know, it's like, 
there's an extent, it's like the tongs are an extension of your arm, you know, and you're in the flame, you're, you're in the flame, you're cooking. You are part of the fire, you know. From fire came fire. Love a barbecue. I think there's obviously a place for salad. Um, and that place is the bin. No, we joke. You are you, but you are a salad on the go, right? Because the barbecue, you want to feel as you're keeping it light. But you need a nice, you need a good potato salad, and there were barbecue as well. Uh, can I suggest um, with the mayonnaise uh, for your potato salad? Um, if you want a wee bit of creme fraiche, keep it light, and also a good dollop of whole grain mustard. Just, just mix through there. It gives it a wee, a wee piquancy to your uh, potato salad. Um, Chicken for me is a big thing in the barbecue. You want to get that marinated in some kind of spice if you can. Um, barbecue sauce. I tend to stay away from that kind of thing. I do like a wee kind of lemon and lime, a wee honey, but honey in the barbecue. Something that's going to give you a good char. All right? Something's going to give you a good char. Now, here's something I'm going to say that may be controversial to you. There's no shame in pre-cooking your meat. No shame. None at all. There's no shame here. No shame. Papa Gibson's barbecue hour. No shame. If you don't have the skills or the equipment, you know, you've got a wee fucking disposable cunt, right, on the go in the backyard, right, or a wee shitty barbecue, you go to a B&Q for 40 quid, right, you put together with a fucking spanner and a, and a Allen key at Ikea, you've no got the equipment, okay? There's no harm in pre-cooking your meat, no harm. As long as you finish it, on the flame, you're going to get that barbecue flavour. So, you could pre-cook your chicken, your sausages, your burgers. You could put them in an oven. Lowish temperature. Lower than, say, you would normally cook them. Maybe you bring them off five minutes, couple of minutes before they would be normally done. And you finish that on the barbecue. No harm in that. No harm, no foul. No shame. No shame. On my plate, definitely chicken, steak, burger, sausages, sausages. I'm even going to throw some fish in there. I enjoy a bit of salmon in a barbecue. There, I said it. I enjoy prawns. Nothing better than you get a wee space, get a bit of foil, some prawns in there, salt, pepper, bit of seasoning if you want, big knob of butter, eh? Fucking scrunch that up and just rattle that to the back of the barbecue. Just rattle it to the back, man. And just let that bubble away and cook. <sighs> Delicious. God, it's getting me hungry now, man. I'm looking at the other sunshine going, fuck me, I'd love a barbecue. The thing with the barbecue is that you want to have a lot of stuff prepared and ready at the one time. So you can go crazy. There's nothing worse when you're at a barbecue and somebody's like, who wants a sausage? Me. Who wants a burger? Me. Who likes a chicken leg? And you're going, oh, is this how we're doing it? We're just cooking one thing at a time. Fuck off! That's not a barbecue, right? It's like a soup kitchen. That's feeding the homeless. That's what that is. You need to think about prep. You need to think about cooking things. You need to think about what's going on. Where. You know, you need to think about keeping things warm. Space. You need to have a good team, right? You are the commander. Commanding officer of this barbecue team. And you need to say to the wife, you know, you're like... Get that in foil. Get it in the oven. Get the plates warmed up. Get the plates warmed up. Somebody butter the buns. Talk to me. Where are we at? Yes, chef. Yes, chef. 
That's what we need for a good barbecue. I hope lockdown uh, is lifted before barbecue season ends. Mind you, with global warming, the way the world is, we could be barbecuing in November. Who knows? Um, I think fucking whatever, you, whatever meat you enjoy, man, you know, enjoy a barbecue. Enjoy it. Definitely steak, mate. I'm going chicken as well. There's nothing better than good fucking barbecue chicken. God, I want a barbecue now. And I'm having fucking moussaka, vegetable moussaka for my dinner tonight. Ah, Jesus Christ. I knew I wants a barbecue. So, thanks for that, Stephen Barton. You've put a barbecue in my fucking mind, you bastard. But hopefully we get a good barbecue going soon. I'd love to get any barbecue, man. I'd, I'd love to have, like, a proper, like, a big competitive barbecue, like a big smoker thing. You know, like the Americans do it. They just do it better, man. You know? 24 hours fucking basting some massive bit of meat and then just tasting it. Oh, yes. We'd love to, but hey, maybe maybe when we get the house, you know, your old dial, get some kind of smoking section of the garden. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks for the question, though, Stephen. Um, Stephen and Douglas both questions there from the patrons. So, as I said, why not sign up to the Patreon now and get yourself extra episodes? Stuff that's coming up on the podcast. Um, these these episodes go every single Wednesday. Uh, it is me talking shit to myself. I've got a few interviews lined up with some friends and some interesting guests. And those kind of interview kind of things or podcasts with a guest, if you want to call it that, will go to Patreon first. Um, so if you want to get access to all of the extra content, the comedy albums of mine that I've put up there, we've got Anywhere But Here, Life After Death and Live in Glasgow have been released uh, to Patreons, uh, the patrons, the Patreons. Um, and we've also got Live at the Newcastle Stand, which is available to buy just now for £5 on Bandcamp or on my website. Uh, and that's going to be going out to patrons as well. Um and we are just about to finish editing uh, another album. Um, so, so it's all fucking happening. But basically what I'm saying is, sign up to Patreon, you bastards. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Is, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Right, um, what have we got coming up? We've got a few things um, that I was going to mention. Oh, we never mentioned the COVID app or Afterlife Series 2. I watched. Or the petition. Um... But we're going to save that for another episode. In fact, do you know what? We're going to we're going to pick that up for the Patreon only episode that's going to come out this Friday. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Thank you to everybody who has uh, listened and supported the show. Like I said, we smashed ten thousand downloads. We want to keep that going. So if you do subscribe, tell your friends to do it, man. Share this on your social medias. Get the numbers growing. Become a patron. Get yourself a pin badge. You'll feel like a fucking god. Um, that's it. Next time we speak. Um, there will be some gigs to plug. I have been shitting myself to mention these gigs because I'm convinced that if I do it, I'll jinx it and quarantine will remain forever. But we've got to start selling these tickets. So next week uh, on the podcast, we will have some wonderful dates for you coming up that you can get tickets to. We'll get that set up this week. And um, that's really it. Stay safe as you listen to this. There will be a quiz uh, at night every single Wednesday on Facebook. Um, 
I do a live quiz. We'll do that until as long as quarantine lasts. So if you don't already like the page on Facebook, it's Scott Gibson Comedy. Get over there, do that, and join in the quiz. 8.30 kicks off. As always, team, thank you to everyone who has listened. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. Please spread the word of the Battlefield show, and I will see you on a Battlefield soon. Look after yourselves, take care, stay safe, wash your hands and your asshole. Onwards. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.